0: You're listening to Pimelo Moutini on SAFM.
1: Right, so we are in the travel feature at this point. Now, Paul Ash, one of my favorite writers, is the editor of Travel Writer on the Sunday Times. He joins us now on the line, and this is always, always subjective. So, Paul, I get it. I know that it's just what you think, and I know all of you who are listening may say, no, not quite it. We think something else. But, Paul, nonetheless, welcome to the show, and uh, let's kick it off. You think there's Hello. seven places in this country that you cannot die without seeing. Hi.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you? Always good to talk I'm, to you. I'm
2: good. Yeah, I know. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Absolute pleasure. It's really, so
2: a, it's really a privilege.
1: You've obviously crisscrossed this country and you've, you've brought it down to seven. That must have been hard.
2: Oh, you know, everybody hates my job. They say, oh, where are you going this weekend? Oh, you're going to suck a cocktail and Russia. Oh, how hard for you. Oh, tough, oh, hey. How horrible. Tough being <laughs> you. Tough. Let's yeah, kick you
1: know. it off. What's the first yeah. place? I mean, if, if you've never left your hometown, and all you know are these buildings, if you've ever lived in Gauteng, for instance, or whether yeah, anywhere around uh, Gauteng, you've never left, where would you suggest somebody starts?
2: You know what? If you've never left the concrete jungle yeah. of Gauteng, You've got to go to the Blader River Canyon, or the Makhlatsi Canyon, Mm. as as it's now called. In Pumalanga, In Pumalanga. It's the most spectacular place. You know, it's um, the third largest canyon in the world after the Grand Canyon in America and the uh, the Fish River Canyon in Namibia. And it's right here. It's this incredible, beautiful landmark, Mm. 26 kilometers long, 800 meters deep. But what this canyon has that no others have at least the two big ones, is greenery. You know, mm. it's got all this lush and pumalanga bush felt and forest sliding its flanks, and that just makes it magnificent. Look, this is not to say that the Grand Canyon and the Fish River aren't beautiful places, mm. but when you see this green, mm. and right down there is the Blader River flowing through it and sparkling and beyond the dam, it is the most magnificent place. And if you've only seen a city, wow, I call that... The the Makhlaisi Canyon will will, will, will open your head.
1: (laughs) This is one of those. It it is breathtaking. It's it's not about what you're going to do. It's about just taking it in. It's absolutely beautiful.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, to realize that we live in such a spectacularly beautiful country. Mm, mm. Uh, Physically, physically South Africa is one of the most beautiful countries in the world. And I've seen a few. And every time people go, oh, no, no, it's America or it's the North of Canada or maybe it's Antarctica, you have to, uh, you have to think about the vast, the diverse uh, range of, of, of landscapes that we have in South Africa to realize that, you know, it is so diverse, which maybe is, you know, it's also part of our national character, I guess. This is why we were such an interesting people, <laughs> generally. But no, it's, it's beautiful. But to see, to see these different landmarks and these landscapes and then it's, it's not only the landscapes, it's, the, it's, it's some of the battlefields or it's, it's the wildlife or one of my best places, the cradle of humankind, mm. where, where we all come from. Mm. I mean, it's just so marvelous to go there and go, man, this is, this is where it all began for us mm. as we left and walked away and then we drifted back over hundreds of thousands of years.
1: We, we, you know, we, we take the Table Mountain for granted, don't we, Paul?
2: Absolutely, because Table Mountain, well, yeah, Table Mountain, I suppose when you live in Cape Town, yeah. and I've lived there off and on, it's, um, it's an interesting place because you forget it's there. Yeah. You know, you stop, you know, when visitors come to Table Mountain, I mean, it's Cape Town, they go, they wow. can't take their eyes off it, wow. which may explain some of the bad driving. <laughs> but um, they sort of drive around, and, you know, Cape Towners will say to you, Uh, you need to keep the mountain on your left, or you keep the mountain on your right, and then it's just the best landmark in the world. But then you kind of forget that it's there, and you know, I lived there for a year, and I've got to be honest. I, I, I'm ashamed of myself, but I think I went on the mountain oh, once in that year.
1: I, I actually believe you. I do believe you. <laughs> you know, you, you spoke no. a bit about some of the battlefields, and I think the yeah. Battle of Isandlwana just for me, is one of the, the most interesting battles. And, and every year, there is something new to discover. I am, you know, I think it's amazing, because South Africa still has so much history to uncover, that I'm amazed yeah. that there's and, so many stories still coming through.
2: You know it's, the, the thing about Isadwana is um, it's firstly it's a Zulu victory, mm. and it's such a that's such an unusual story in in our colonial narrative, mm. and and I don't want to I don't want to champion death and destruction because that's that's not what this is about, but but to come to in this whole colonial narrative to come to a place such as on the Kudu Plateau and or Isadwana and and see where the Zulu Empire. Clashed with the British Empire and prevailed. Not, not overall, but on that day, there's something. There's something greatly. There's something to be proud of there. And I mean, we don't want a champion war. We've had enough of it on this continent in the world. But there's there's something special there about, you know, it's, it, it, it changes the historical perspective that I wasn't taught in school. I was yeah. never confronted with. Guys, this is a Zulu victory, and, and not it, a British defeat. Yeah, and, and, and if it's so, people
1: go there, what I know that uh, is starting to happen now is that part of the um, the tour guides are descendants yeah. of people who were in the war.
2: Well, yes, Dalton he yeah. who is one of the best tour guides I've ever had. Yeah. But he's a storyteller, mm-hmm. and he'll take you around the battlefield. And before we go any further, the battlefield is very much as it was on that day, 22nd of January in mm-hmm. 1879. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's some building and construction mm-hmm. around it, but where many battlefields in the world have disappeared or been built over, the Sampoana is almost unchanged. Mm-hmm. There are the white cans of stones where the British soldiers fell, but the whole sweep of the plain and the dongas and the mountains surrounding it are untouched. And so you get a storyteller like Dalton in Gobese to tell you, and by the way, he's the grandson of one of the Zulu commanders, mm-hmm. So there's that beautiful, historical connection. And he'll stand there on the battlefield and tell you in real time how the battle is unfolding. It will make the hair on your arm <laughs> stand up. <laughs> you uh, know.
1: I mean, another wonderful place, the Kruger National Park. We, we, yeah. You know, we rattle the name Kruger National Park all the time, but we, it's yeah. really a treasure.
2: It really is. You know, think of Kruger. Um, what's it, 20,000 square kilometers? You know, it's bigger than Belgium. It's, big, it's bigger than some European countries, and that's just our main national park That makes me really proud. Yeah. But also, we've, we've done it well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's accessible for all South Africans. It's mm-hmm. not an expensive game lodge that you and I can't afford to go to. Mm. This is our national treasure where you can see our wildlife, mm. the lions, the elephant, the buffalo, the little animals, the big animals. And it's, this is where you see what we should be doing in this country is protecting our wildlife because that's our national advantage. And there it is, all available in Kruger. I think it's a gem. Yeah. And if you ever had to ask me for a list yeah. of our best attractions, Kruger would always be on it. Hmm. And a lot of people go, you know, it's too crowded and the people drive too fast. That's just, that's just rubbish. Kruger <laughs> is, in, in many ways, it's the soul of the country. All right. You Did know? you
1: and I speak about Route 67?
2: Yes, the art route yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't been to the art route. Yeah, you know what? It's, um, it's, it's one of the smaller attractions, and, and we included it because, hey, we needed some art. I don't want to be funny about it, but a lot, of the, a lot of the attractions we have here, and we fought quite hard about this, are natural attractions. But we forget, actually, that also our, our South Africa's artistic endeavors are, are vital. And they're vital to our functioning democracy and to our to understanding our past and looking at our future. Yep. And that's, you know, on the one hand, that route starts at the Campanile down on the, on the foreshore, of Port Elizabeth. And the Campanile was built after the 1820 settlers, or which was, was built in in memory of the 1820 settlers, which was the British 1820 settlers, which was, you know, depending on which way you look at it, mm. either. The start of a new beginning, or a colonial invasion—depends mm. on which side of the fish River you're on. And um, and what I like about the art route is it starts there, and yet it takes you up the hill in a sort of a metaphysical journey, if you like, and a physical journey up from the from the beach into the world of Nelson Mandela. Mm. And of, and 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 the route up is lined with quotations from the great man himself. And then in these beautiful two-dimensional cut-out steel sculptures, one of which is the famous voting line, mm. where people are lining up to vote on the 27th of April, <laughs> 1994, yeah. first democratic elections. And that just it just puts everything in context, that whole sweep of history from 1820 to 1994. And there it is in Port Elizabeth. And there's the cut-out of Nelson Mandela himself. You know, it's just beautiful. It's, yeah. it's simple. Yeah. Beautiful stuff, and it's successful. It's for free. You know, you can walk up in Port Elizabeth, and you can walk the route and reach the top. And you've had and you've walked through South African history. Okay, I let, love it.
1: Let, let's take calls, Paul, because I think people are going to say no, 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 no. no. I've, I've got, <laughs> got a favorite. I've got a favorite. 0891-104-207, which is one of your most favorite spaces to go to in South Africa. Let's go to KGM in Santon. KG, good afternoon. Uh,
0: good afternoon. Pe- to Paul and to your listeners, welcome Hi. to the show. Look, I would like to be as excited as Paul. Yeah. But you know, call me racist or uh, tribalist or whatever you want to call it. You yeah. know, when whenever I hear uh, our story as as indigenous South Africans being told by uh, Paul, I'm not going to be apologetic to say, by an extension of of uh, oppression, it, it really hurts me. And, and here, here's the point, Paul, and I want to, to comment honestly so. I hear how passionately you you say it, it, it's pride. We should be proud that the, the national, I mean, the, 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 the Kruger National Park should, should, we should be proud of. I'm not proud of, of Kruger National Park. You're talking about African sensuality, African natural, organic African heritage, which has the name of an oppressor. How do you want me as an African to be maybe Europeans, Maybe Western, Western people will be proud of that. I'm not. And, and don't, don't politicize it. I'm not a politician. I mean, the, the presenters there will make you aware that I, I don't believe in, in the political structures. But what I'm saying is you as a white South African, I think what you're failing to do, most of you, this is a general statement, is to acknowledge the, the pain and the continuation of a bad thing. You know, if you were to say to me, Let's change Paul Kruger, uh, take that name out of that heritage, the national African heritage. Even if we were to call it, you use the name of an animal, it, I wouldn't really care. But every time you say Paul Kruger, and I've been a, a travel a tour operator in that area for a long time, for I can tell you what the, 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 the Western, especially European tourists, when they come there, mm. they are proud that they have, they, they have this rich history in our land, we as Africans can't be proud about that. I think that part, even, even the narration about these wars and the, region, the reasons why these wars were, were the way they were, I think the narrative is wrong, and we're continuing with the, with the wrong narratives. Pimelo, in yep. conclusion, yep. Call, call, call us next time. You know, we are sick and tired of hearing the likes of Paul telling our story the people that he's referring to that old man that he says is a storyteller he's the one you should be interviewing not paul Uh, at least paul and and him so that he doesn't tell a story that he's told by an african and he's representing what is he handicapped to come to the radio to say the story He's no, not... He, my call.
1: Uh, oh, you don't want a response. Okay. I'm no, gonna, no, I can, I can wait. I
0: can hold. All I right. Hold. Let's
1: take a quick break and then we'll give you a chance. We'll we'll give everybody a chance to respond. Let's do this uh, first and then we'll come back with a response.
0: Life happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation.
1: It's a travel feature, and uh, my guest is Paul Ash, who is the editor of Travel uh, on uh, Sunday Times, and he's my guest. And uh, uh, before we went to the ad break, we were in conversation with KGM, who was scathing, saying, why don't we do our jobs and get somebody else instead of Paul? OK, my response to you, are you still there, KG? KGM? Yes, yes, sir. I'm
0: still here.
1: OK, so so I, I must say there's, there's, there's marriage to what you're saying about other narratives. But I also want to tell you that I'm not going to limit myself to only one specific type of voice. That I think you're going to have to accommodate from me because I really will not only have a certain type and one group of people speaking on the radio. That's for me. That's which, is, which is why, Penelope,
0: no, because no, no, we, no, no, we okay, listen. I,
1: let me finish talking. So the, okay, I'm, speaking, I'm, speak, I'm speaking for myself. I'm not, this is not the okay. station's policy. I'm saying okay. that in as much as I just spoke to the Minister of, 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 of Travel and um, I beg your pardon, of Home Affairs, somebody tomorrow I'll have somebody else. So it's not only one person's voice that matters to me. I do understand that you think that in this case you should have had another voice. That we take on the chin. But I will not limit myself to only one, one voice. Is that, is that going to fly with you?
0: No, well, absolutely. Okay. I, I I understand that.
2: Okay,
1: Paul. I mean, you want to yes. respond to to the Kruger National Park?
2: Yeah, indeed. Um, f- firstly, I, I think Kajian's uh, I, I think his point has some merits, especially when it comes to the name Paul Kruger, the Kruger National Park. It's it's something that we have thought about a lot, and yeah, I think it it, it is probably time to change the name of the park. I get it. You know, that's it's a divisive name. It's nothing, it, it, it's not a proud part of our history, for sure. However, the, the point is not so much that the park is called the Kruger. The point is that this is our wildlife heritage, and everybody should be proud of it. Yeah, the name might be a problem, but the heritage is in the wildlife, and the park is for South Africans. That's our heritage. That is our national asset, and I think we need to be proud of that. Understand about the naming. and... But when it comes to the what the park stands for, mm. it doesn't stand for that history. It stands for wildlife, which is the, the important thing to remember. As for other voices, of course, I mean...
1: You can't answer uh, for that, Paul. I mean, we the I, ones... I can't answer, I can't <laughs> answer for you, yeah, but no, I mean,
2: I, I've i spent time with Dalton in- 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 Inglebesa, which is why I keep pushing his name in print, in the paper. I absolutely agree that where you can, the storytelling... Must, must come from people who are invested in it. But that, of course, that doesn't discount the white narrative either. I mean, if we have veterans, if we have grandchildren of British soldiers who fought on the day, why not include their narrative? We, we live in a very complex society, but I don't think we should be distilling voices just,
1: KGM, can I throw something at you a little bit? So I want to hear how you want to, you know, how you feel about this. So I don't know if you heard our broadcast at the um, the Robin Island when, when it was still early on when I started. Did you hear it, KGM? Yes, I did. Um, so, I
0: remember, I listened to your show almost a No, I, d- I
1: don't know. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. So on that broadcast, we had, and it was quite interesting, we had a gentleman who was himself one of the um, warders there white gentleman. Um, We also had uh, another gentleman who was a prisoner at the time. For me, all these voices and angles are important. I mean, they may not necessarily be palatable when you hear him speak, but I think it's important not to only have had the voice of the prisoner, for instance. Does that offend you that we had, for instance, a voice of a person who was a warder?
0: not at all Pimelo. let me give you the context uh, uh, in which my my comments were were, yes. were reached. yes the context is this when when we say kruger national park is our heritage mm-hmm. we we have to derive the beneficiation of kruger national park now i i, I have i've been a mm. tour operator in that area I can tell you what, who who benefits the most when mm. you, you talk about us as South Africans. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many, how many tour-operating businesses of black people do you have in Kruger National Park? Mm. Uh, uh, the communities around uh, Kruger National Park, starting in, in, in Pumalaga, finishing in,
2: mm. in, in
0: uh, Nimpopo, yeah. who, who is benefiting more than who? The only black people that so-called are benefiting are mostly the workers. And when you work, Mm Pemelo SABC must not think they are doing you a favor with your job. You're not benefiting from that. You are selling your service to SABC. So they cannot claim to be uh, uh, helping you or or you be benefiting from SABC by virtue of employment. Mm -hmm. But if you were a shareholder and and benefiting through dividends in SABC, then we're talking about changeability. Now, in terms of the Kruger National Park, that's my point. My point is not just about saying white people must be closed out. Paul, I've heard Paul in many platforms. I've been, I, I don't think he recognizes me. Maybe when he sees the face, he'll he'll know what he, who he's talking to. But I've seen him, mm. he's given platforms and those platforms. If Paul tomorrow starts up a company, he's got a, cre- a credibility that is created through media, he's got podcasts that people can listen and refer to, and it's going to be easy for him to benefit. That's not the same with Mutuba Tuba who's in
1: in, in, in along the Kruger National Park ooh, I, tell, I tell you what you know, KGB. It, this is a long conversation and I and, I and I and I think we need the time yeah. um because I think you're raising issues that can be dealt with actually um but I do think we need to offer each other a bit of time I'll, I'll I'll look into this I'm hoping the producers will keep your number and if you're listening every day maybe you'll be listening but we'll we'll, we'll pick it up because there are I know I hear exactly what you're saying and where the issues are around um what what do you mean by by benefiting, you know, who's actually benefiting from this economy that we're talking about, if, if the Kruger National Park is doing well, who's benefiting communities and so on. And those are things that are standing and that we need to deal with it. But I do appreciate your call, KGM. Thank you.
0: Yeah.
2: KGM makes some good points. Yeah. You know, um, the, the, the benefit from wildlife is, and this has been the, the, the perennial question, it's this ongoing question, if it's some luxury lodge operator who is taking all the profits and the local communities aren't, aren't deriving any benefit, the game is over. It's lost. It's lost before we have even begun. And, you know, that's a very valid question. Where is the money going? Is the money going back into the communities from, from tourism? Then fantastic. That's the model that should be. But, yeah, KJ makes some good points because maybe it isn't. Maybe some of the money isn't going back. Appreciate However, the time, Paul.
1: I, we've got to go. No. <laughs> we've got to go. Okay. Paul Ash, who's we'll editor minute. of Sunday Times Travel. Really appreciate the time. And thanks for engaging. Thanks very much for being so gracious. It's 2 o'clock. Let's go to Utzilia Saku for the latest in news.